chapter number 2. Romans chapter number 2. We uh, uh, will continue our study here together as I've said it a number of times. Uh, I'm always leery about sometimes with studies because sometimes uh, I just feel led to go a different direction about the time we're midway through. So uh, keep, uh, 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 let's, we'll keep our hearts engaged, but uh, God knows. Am I on now, um, uh, Brother Philip? Okay, he's waving at me profusely back there. So uh, that's one way to get my attention. Uh, that, that or you were just trying to keep yourself awake. I don't know. <laughs> but appreciate the, our men in the sound room just the same uh, in the work which they do. Uh, we're in Romans chapter number 2. And uh, just kind of review with you here, the book of Romans, of course, we know written by Paul. And uh, the uniqueness of this book was that uh, this was not written to a church which he had started. Uh, this was written to yet a, another body of believers, one which he respected and admired and has, uh, has acknowledged that very fact. He's written for a couple different reasons we talked about, one of which was asking for prayer. As we read by the end of the book, he's asking for prayer uh, for him as he goes goes to Jerusalem and uh, now he's bringing that gift but knowing that when he goes to Jerusalem he may face a level of persecution that uh, um, he is not aware of and so he asks them for prayer but in the, much of the sense of the way we see him uh, giving exhortation like he has in his other letters uh, but we uh, as he writes to um, this church at Rome, his writings are written in uh, really more of a theological standpoint and, and so much more of the way. And so as we read through, have read through these, um, uh, this first chapter, we've uh, looked at that end of the beginning of the first chapter, that last half. Of course, Paul seeing himself as a debtor in verse 14. He's considering himself to have an attitude of, uh, that is not ashamed in the sense that he's being bold with the gospel. And uh, striving to live a life from faith to faith, trusting God by faith, having had received God uh, through faith. And uh, then he mentions the condition of the, the uh, of people in the world and society as a whole and, uh, and uh, God's uh, really speaking of God is that uh, as the judge and his judgment upon people over sin and, and uh, even along the lines of, uh, of how that God had actually gone so far as the Bible tells us to give them over, get, giving them up and not that God ever truly gives up on us uh, but we can be so given to sin that we keep uh, our uh, our conscience and our heart and our and our body for the use of, of the master from for being given to him in any way uh, shape or form and uh, at the end of the day the choice of giving our life to God is just that it's our choice God does not force that upon us and so uh, we read in um, chapter one how that God's giving them over to a reprobate mind means that they had so given themselves to sin and shunned God out themselves uh, that there uh, unless they chose to turn Turn themselves back to God. Uh, there, there was, there was not left any hope for them, and we're reminded of the seriousness that God uh, takes towards sin. And by the way, there is, though we read of of um, quite a measure of sin in chapter one. Yet, truthfully, sin is sin. Amen. And, uh, and sin uh, is what we are all guilty of and should draw us to that remembrance of our need of a Savior. 
And so as we come into chapter 2, of course, there's a lot of debate as to uh, exactly, you know, uh, who is Paul referring to and, uh, you know, what people group and that sort of thing. Uh, we don't want to read too much into the text uh, to, to develop our own thinking, but let's just simply understand that which Paul is writing. And he, he writes much concerning God as being the ultimate judge over all things. I can't help uh, but believe as we understand context determines meaning and we know the relationship that was had between the Jews and the Gentiles was not one that was so great. In fact, uh, the attitude and the treatment towards one another uh, was nothing uh, close to friendship by any means of the spectrum. In fact, they had no respect for one another. And so, as Paul writes in chapter 2, I, I, I truly believe that we find him uh, writing in much of the sense in reference to this fact. He's writing to the believers uh, as a whole, but the believers who are seeing themselves as uh, better than and really uh, with a judgmental attitude towards those unbelievers. And ultimately, as we read this passage, let's, let us keep with that view in mind that God speaks to us as uh, believers and yet unbelievers, but God speaks to the believers that there is an attitude which we are to have and our response uh, towards the unbeliever. Uh, look at chapter 2, verse number 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For, when, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judges doest the same things. Uh, we find um, that there's a comparison being made. There's a calling out of sins being made from one towards the other. And uh, Paul goes as far to say, don't be so quick to judge before the judge, God himself. God is the judge. I've in, in, entitled the message tonight that very thing, judging before the judge. Judging before the judge. What does it mean to judge someone? Uh, well, we must first understand that there's a difference between judging and rebuking. Uh, rebuke is one that is done uh, from a heart of love with Christ in view, whereas judgment is from a heart of self, and it's uh, with our own thoughts in view for how we believe or how uh, much uh, we believe that they should be living this life or they should be doing these things or they shouldn't be doing the, these things or uh, put it how you will. Uh, but um, uh, that judgment is what we find in Paul goes as far to say, thou art inexcusable. Um, you know, Paul himself writes these things with his own, uh, not, not uh, with, without humility, I would not say, uh, but he has no care himself for what others think about him. In fact, 1 Corinthians 4, he references this fact. Keep your finger in Romans. Let's turn there together. 1 Corinthians 4, and we'll look in verse number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse number 3. Notice what he says concerning this, this subject of judging. He says, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the, th the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. You know, Paul cared not for what others thought about him. <laughs> he, neither did he see himself as being better than. And truthfully, this should be the heart and the spirit which we have in our relationship with others uh, that though someone may not, in our minds, we know that they don't maybe attend church regularly. <laughs> 
Maybe we don't see by the way in which they carry themselves or by the way in which they look on the outside that they truly are living a godly life. Uh, but may we not go so far as to, uh, to compare or to uh, call out or to uh, talk behind someone's back about uh, the way in which someone is living. Truthfully, we all are sinners in need of Christ. Uh, amen? And uh, just because you attend church and you know maybe how to dress or how to speak and you can polish yourself up uh, correctly doesn't make ourselves any better than the other. And so Paul's bringing with all this in mind that God is the ultimate judge of sin. And in these first 11 verses or so, this is what he speaks concerning. And so as we read in this exhortation of Romans chapter 2, he gives uh, what I've summarized in my notes anyway as uh, some different ways in which... uh, um, they are to keep from judging before the judge. How are we to keep from judging before the judge? Well, number one, remember that we are not exempt from God's judgment. <laughs> we are not exempt from it ourselves. You know, um, as I was reading in preparation in my study for tonight, I was reading as some commentators put it that it, the Jews would, uh, in, it were in some ways taking advantage of the mercy of God. And what I mean by that is, and what they meant by that is, is uh, they um, uh, were knowing that they were God's people, God's chosen people. Uh, they were seeing themselves as, therefore, better than. And as a result, it was causing them to, when seeing others, say, well, uh, you know, look at the life which they're living and, and point out and call out. And, and boy, how easy that is for us to do in our own lives, even in a church such as Community Bible Church, uh, that, that we would do that amongst ourselves or amongst the people whom God would bring into our church. Uh, we are not the judge. Now, there is a loving way of rebuke. And could I say just in, uh, in comment further on this, this fact of, of rebuking, uh, there is a place and a time for rebuking. Uh, and it, there is an appropriateness in that uh, for a... Uh, uh, if it's a brother or sister in Christ, that type of relationship, or if it's a relative and it can, the truth can be spoken in love. Uh, but the, the goal of the Christian is not to go around uh, bringing correction to absolutely everyone that comes across our way. Uh, but when we consider rebuke, you know, I, I can remember times, um, even as a young person, a teenager, that uh, there were people in the church that though they weren't my parents, yet there was a loving rebuke that they, that they would pull me alongside and say, hey, uh, Stephen, uh, you know you shouldn't be doing this, and this isn't what you should be, uh, you know, you know your parents, let alone the fact that uh, overall you should not be doing this, this is not right. And, uh, you know, sometimes we almost feel ashamed to, to come alongside others. And we, ta- we talked about in Sunday school, I always r- come back to all that I've heard in the day. I can't help but think of our Sunday school and men's class, but we talked about discipleship. And there's a level of discipleship that includes a loving rebuke. Uh, because when you disciple uh, someone, it doesn't mean you're pounding them to the ground for all the sin that they have in their life. But uh, there, there may be some loving rebuke and say, hey, this is what the Word of God says on how we are to live our life. And here's how we are not to live. And I, I, would, I would lovingly and strongly encourage you, uh, don't live this way. Don't do these things. And um, having those individuals to whom we're working with in that way. And we'll, we'll come to that subject as we progress here. But uh, tonight we're, we come back to our subject of that judging. Remember that you're not exempt from God's judgment. Uh, the judging others is, we find, inexcusable. <laughs> it's inexcusable. There is no excuse for that kind of attitude. Uh, 
There is no excuse for that kind of treatment towards others. And that's what Paul goes so far as to say, Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, uh, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Let's continue, verse 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? For after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God." who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteous uh, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. The attitude of, uh, of judgment, Paul tells us, is one that is inexcusable. It should, uh, it should not have any existence. There is no reasoning in our own uh, words that we could ever truthfully use to consider ourselves exempt from having that kind of treatment. And... Um, uh, judging others, we've, we read in verse number three, is one of hypocrisy. It's hypocritical. Uh, he says, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Uh, essentially, they're judging others for the sins uh, that they are also committing. Or could we put it this way even? They're judging others, and as, as a result, they're committing sin just as much as the people who are sinning are. And... Um, uh, you know, when we read of the prodigal son, uh, if you remember his brother uh, and the treatment uh, which, which he had, what was he so quick to do upon the return of his brother? Well, did you not see the life which I lived? Did you not see how that I lived so godly? And look at the life which he had been living and, and how ungodly it was before you. Truthfully, we all are, are uh, uh, unworthy before God and in need of him. And so uh, they, there was a... Um, uh, a judgment of others that was hi of hypocrisy, of hypocrisy. Um, you know, we, we could talk much upon the subject of hypocrisy, but we understand this. There's, there's, uh, let us, let's not act like uh, uh, we are anything less than a sinner in need of Christ. <laughs> uh, because uh, we, it's only by the mercies of God, it's only by His grace that we are even the person who we are today, amen? And uh, that we would continue with that mindset uh, would keep us from a spirit of hypocrisy. Um, you know, sometimes uh, that hypocrisy is what creeps out when uh, forms of gossip uh, begin to uh, develop and we begin to talk about uh, others. Hey, it's easy to do. We're, we're a small church, right? And we, we know a lot about what's going on in each other's business. Uh, but be careful uh, not to point out the faults of others uh, without, without being mindful of the fact that we all have faults and, all, and are all in need of Christ. And uh, so judging others is inexcusable. It's uh, hypocritical. Number three, it despises the riches of God. What are these riches? Verse four, uh, uh, the, the riches 
of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And you know what's interesting, we find ourselves in Romans chapter 2 tonight, we talked about this morning, the righteousness of God, or pursuing righteousness. And really, when you study that word righteousness, it, it, it falls right along the line of the goodness of God. Uh, that's essentially what's being spoken of here is the righteousness of God. Those riches is speaking of God's goodness, his forbearance, his long-suffering. Um, but judging others is despising that. It's, it's seeing no value within it. It's forgetting uh, all, that, uh, all that God is and should be within your life and letting all of your own thoughts, all of your own thinking uh, be preeminent. Um, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. That righteousness of God, the very person of God, when we dwell upon who God is, it should draw us to a spirit of repentance rather than uh, us developing our own opinions and thoughts, that which draws us to a spirit of judgment towards others. The goodness of God should lead us to repentance. It should draw us uh, to the end of ourselves. It should draw us to a spirit of humility, one that is uh, seeing ourselves as unworthy and therefore in need of Christ. And so uh, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, remembering that we're not exempt from the judgment of God. We'll all stand before God and give an account before God. Praise the Lord uh, that we have that assurance of knowing where we will spend eternity. But we will give an account for how faithful we have been uh, before God. And by the way, the, the blessings that God brings in our life here upon this earth cannot be expected uh, when we are not uh, living in a way in which is honorable to Christ. If our spirit is one of judgment uh, rather than of, of humility and uh, obedience to God. And so remember that you're not exempt. Number two, keep a heart of repentance. And we, as he's already mentioned, the goodness of God is that which should lead us to that heart of repentance. Uh, verse number five, but after thy hardness, judging others comes from a hardened heart. It comes from a hardened heart, he says, but after thy hardness, an impenitent heart. Uh, so that hardness, somebody who's immovable. I will not change my view and my thinking. I, I'm determined to keep thinking this thing, okay? That judging others comes from a hardened heart. Number two, it comes from an impenitent heart. That word impenitent literally means uh, one who's admitting uh, no change of mind. One that is, in black and white, one that is unrepentant. <laughs> they're, they're unrepentant. Uh, they're treasuring or storing up sins in their own life, including this very sin of judging others. And so he says in verse 5, Treacherest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Um, Paul's reminding them, you'll be judged by God for the sins that you accumulate in your own life. Don't, don't, and they'll be judged by God. God is the, the, the ultimate judge. We, we are not uh, to, um, to put ourselves out before others as though we are God and we are the one who is to be the caller out of every issue and every uh, problem. Um, you know, I, I, I would say again in a church uh, like ours, you know, the, uh, it, it can be so easy. I know even in my own life uh, that um, that judgment is maybe not so flagrant, uh, but it's, it's done within our own heart. And this is with that, that principle in mind, keep a heart of repentance. Because truthfully, you may not be speaking or vocalizing your thoughts, but if your heart is hardened and is impenitent, uh, it, it, that is to say, there, there's, 
there's some problems in your own life that you need to deal with. There's a heart problem. Uh, um, uh, un unrepentant, unwilling to see that we have a need of Christ just the same. Um, your sins may not be as open or flagrant as some, uh, or your lifestyle may not be lived like some who are, would maybe cause the other to gasp, uh, but we all are in need of Christ. And remaining with that, that's heart of repentance. Number three, uh, leave the judgment to God. Uh, nothing deep here this evening, but leave the judgment to God. Notice what the Bible says about God as the judge. Verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Uh, God judges all men for their works. I've already referenced that already, but verse 7, he says to them who are patient, uh, continuance in well-doing, seeking for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but unto them that are contentious. Do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. And um, so uh, God judges all men for their works. God judges all men for their obedience. In verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that obedience to God, uh, it's directly linked to that diligently seeking the Lord with a heart of repentance. Uh, one that's not seeing ourselves as anything more than in need of Christ. And by the way, these first few chapters of Romans uh, speak all concerning the matter, the, 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 the matter of sin and therefore the need of God. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, may it serve as a reminder to us uh, that uh, we, we are in need of a Christ. Uh, and praise the Lord for what he's done for us. Amen. Uh, the Bible tells us God judges all men equally. Verse 11, for there is no respecter of, a respect of persons with God. Um, they all would be judged by God the same, whether good or bad. Now our treatment for others uh, should be with a no respect of persons. We're not treating the church member differently than the non-church member. The bus kid differently than the uh, you know, church members' kids. Uh, you know, the um, the babies in the nursery different than the toddlers in the nursery. Right? Uh, there's there's a there, I'm joking with you here, okay? But uh, God is no respecter of persons. There there we're, we're not treating others differently than we would to anybody altogether. Uh, when we think of the love of God and how that all the, all the the mercy and grace which He's shown upon us and um, His uh, spirit that we see that He had when others um, judged Him. When others tried to call out the faults which he had, and of course we know God to have uh, to to not be of any sin, uh, but how many times do we find even the Christians, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees seeking to call out Jesus uh, for all the different things? Well, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. And uh, how easy that is to to happen in our own life uh, that um, we would be so quick to point the finger. Uh, it's as I can always remember my mom saying, you point one finger, there's three fingers pointing right back at you. Right? And uh, that's the truth of the matter is that uh, we have to keep our own self in check. And so judging before the judge, uh, what is our, our spirit in our, in our heart and our attitude towards others? I say to you, it's, it, it, sometimes it's, um, it's not that we uh, have uh, necessarily a, a judgmental spirit, I wouldn't say, in every case. Uh, but maybe it's a, it's a spirit that doesn't take any thought towards the other. Um, thinking of others, considering others, 
considering um, the, those others who are present. How can we apply this in our church? Um, the people whom God brings into our auditorium, the new faces, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the people who uh, we know who are carrying things in their own life, where rather than having uh, a, a spirit that, you know, says, well, I know who they are, I know where they're at, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, there's nothing I can do for them, seeing to, to, to do all that we can for them, praying for them, coming alongside of them, encouraging them, exhorting them, uh, seeking to go beyond uh, knowing what we know about that individual and seeking to help them, seeking to help them. Um, that God, God gives us so much opportunity every day in, in our church, I believe every week. Uh, do we take advantage of that opportunity? And, um, you know, the, the, worst, the, the, the worst part about us, uh, a, a church our size is that everyone knows each other's problems. Uh, but th that should lead us to a, a heart of repentance <laughs> before it should draw us to a heart of, of judgment. And um, God, the ultimate judge, someday we will stand before God. And uh, will God have found us faithful? Uh, we, can be, be, we can so easily get distracted with, truthfully, the, they are petty in the sense that God's not left us upon this earth to call out all the wrongs of everyone else around us, uh, but that we would in, in turn be used of God to help draw people to the reality of God. And that, hey, you know, God does not mean for us to live this kind of a life, but that we would live for Him, but that we would give our life to Him. And so, um, may God help us. Amen to have the right spirit towards others. You know, God created the gift of friendship, uh, the, the gift of fellowship. Uh, God intends uh, for his people uh, to, to um, as uh, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, to be friendly, <laughs> to step out of our way. And could it be that maybe our judgment isn't uh, one that is being expressed of our words and vocally, but it's one that's being developed in our own heart. Um, the goodness of God should lead us to repentance. I don't care uh, what, what it is in life. If, 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 if anything, when dwelling upon all that God is, it should draw us back to, wow, I'm so unworthy. I'm so in need of Christ. Uh, I, uh, I, I, God, please forgive me of what I have done. And uh, having that proper spirit before God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to not judge before the